Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you to follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Today's Bible reading comes from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. Well, Lenny and I have recently become fishermen. We both have new fishing rods. We've been to BCF. We've got our hook, our line, our sinkers, and we've asked some people some questions, and then we've gone out and we've given it a go. I wouldn't say that we're seasoned fishermen at this stage, and the main reason for that is that we haven't caught a single fish. In fact, I'm not convinced we've even had a single bite. Believe me, when we do, you'll know all about it because we're a follow-up family. We want to share those special family moments together. And maybe when we catch a fish, um, we can pray over it. Hopefully it'll multiply and we can have what Marie would call some fush and chops together. And that would be a great moment, wouldn't it? But one thing is for sure, the fish that we catch um, this, this big, uh, this time next year will be this big because that's what happens when you become a fisherman. And so we're really excited to be trying something new together. And so, so far, we've tried fishing in different places. We've gone to lakes and ponds. We've done it off the beach. We've done it off the pier. And one thing we know for sure is that the problem is not a lack of fish under the water. Now, how do we know this? Well, this week, go and Google best shark drone footage of 2020, and you'll see hours of footage of sharks spotted by drones, often close to shore, while clueless surfers or swimmers are completely unaware of how close they actually are. It's scarier than Jaws ever was, and will probably turn you off surfing for life. But just last week, I read an article about a bizarre monster-like fish caught in Australia that nobody had ever seen before. Later that day, I read about a shark washing up on the shore just around the corner. And on Facebook the following day, I saw some people we know and the fish they had caught on their boat. And then at the pier we visited, there were experienced fishermen catching squid. At the lake we've been fishing at, we've literally seen fish jump out of the water, but it just hasn't translated to them jumping on the hook at the end of our rods. And so we know under the water, there is a world of wild and wonderful creatures to be discovered. As novice fishermen, I'm pretty confident that the issue is not a lack of fish in the deep waters. The problem is our inability to draw them out. Whether we've got the wrong bait, maybe we're looking in the wrong spots, or maybe the conditions haven't been right. Whatever the reason may be, the reality is we haven't drawn out any fish. Today, as we continue our series on Proverbs, I want to share from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. It says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. If our hearts are like those deep waters that Lenny and I are casting into when fishing, they are obviously full of purpose that we can draw out, but the question is how? What is the purpose of life? is one of the most frequently asked questions of the human race. More specifically, what is my purpose? What am I here for? Now, whether people physically ask the question or just spend their entire lives trying to discover it, it's definitely a deep desire within our hearts, and it's a question worth answering. And yet many people, perhaps the majority, spend their whole life searching but never truly discovering purpose. This week, I typed into Google the question, what is the purpose of life? And here's some of the answers that were given. The first one, the most popular one, is happiness. 
The purpose of life is just to be happy. And if I can be happy, then I've lived out my purpose. Another answer was to become the best version of yourself. Someone else says to live the life of a hero. Hands up if you've got that one covered. I'm pretty sure I've got that covered. My daughters think I'm a hero, and I know that's true by their constant eye rolling whenever I say something. And so maybe you're living out your life as a hero. Other people say the purpose of life is to accomplish your goals. And I'm sure many people try and live to these ideals, and perhaps some have found you know, some sense of purpose in doing so. And yet our world and our communities seem to be riddled with depression and sadness. Apart from God, many fill their schedules up with the busyness of a million things to try and feel like they have purpose, only to ultimately discover that it leaves them empty, unfulfilled and even exhausted. The amount of people taking their own lives shows that clearly many people not only fail to find purpose, but they are so despondent that they lose the will to live altogether. I wonder if I was to ask you today, what is the purpose of your life? What answer would you give? Could you immediately answer the question with confidence? Would you be hesitant? Or would you have no idea at all? Maybe you've never even thought much about it. Well, as followers of Jesus, we should all know that each of us have incredible purpose that we can discover and live out daily in a way that we not only find joy and fulfillment, but we also bring glory to the God who created us. Our hearts are like deep waters teeming with wonderful God-given opportunities and potential, and those with insight and wisdom draw that purpose out. At the start of a new year, if you don't know what the purpose of your life is, what better time to draw out the God-given potential God has placed within your heart? Now, before we go any further, just a word of caution. Because as Adam mentioned a few weeks ago, many people say, just follow your heart, as if the heart is always good and trustworthy. But we know from Scripture, and perhaps just as convincingly from our personal experience, that this isn't always the case. Our hearts aren't always healthy. Jesus says in Matthew 15 verse 9, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And so we don't want to follow our hearts down that trail, as it won't lead to purpose, but rather destruction. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. And so we've also got to balance all that with the fact that Jesus says that we're to love God with all of our hearts and that everything in our lives flows from the heart. It's the wellspring of life. Now, the heart from a biblical perspective is not this beating organ in our chest, you know, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. It's actually the ruling center of our lives. It's a combination of our will, our intellect, and our emotions, and if our hearts are designed to be instruments of love for God and for others, and yet also at times they're desperately wicked, what's the answer to this dilemma? Well, in Ezekiel 36 and in Jeremiah 31 and in Hebrews chapter 8, we find the answer. In these passages, God promises his people that a time is coming where he will remove our dead hearts of stone and replace them with a living heart of flesh. And he promises that he'll put all of his laws in our minds and he'll write them on our hearts. He says he will be our God and we will be his people. 
This, of course, is made possible through the person of Jesus who died in our place, has forgiven our sin, and has removed the obstacle that separates us from relationship with God. He says that in him we are now dead to sin and we are alive in Christ. We are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. The answer to the heart dilemma is that as followers of Christ, God has given us a new heart. And from that redeemed heart, we draw purpose through a relationship with him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. We know that he is the living word, that he quenches our thirst for more and he satisfies our spiritual hunger. And out of our redeemed lives, he promises flow streams of living water. And so we want to know what the purpose of life is, then Jesus is the place to start. And so the first way to find true purpose in your life is to go to Jesus. Atheist Bertrand Russell says, Unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. One of the most well-known atheists gets it, but do we get it? That true purpose is found in connection with our Creator. Now, I was thinking about it this week, and you know, if we wanted to know the way a Ford motor car works, the best place to find out is from the person who designed and created it. Now, if you don't have access to that person, a lot of the information you need is found in the owner's manual. And that makes logical sense. But when it comes to our lives, what better place to discover what we've been created for than to go directly to our Creator? The great thing about being a Christian is that we can talk to Him anytime in prayer. He's given us His instruction manual in the Bible, and He's revealed Himself through the person of Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus, who is the exact representation of God. But if you also want to know what it is to be truly human and live a life of purpose, then once again, Jesus' life shows us that perfectly. You've probably heard it said that in Sunday school, if your teacher asks you a question, the answer is always Jesus. Well, it turns out that that's right, particularly when it comes to finding true purpose in life. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 18, it says this, says, we look at this son, Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. In 2002, Rick Warren released a best-selling Christian book called The Purpose Driven Life. I'll never forget the first line of that book. It's perhaps the best first line ever written in a book on purpose. And the first line was this, it's not about you. He goes on to say that the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. 
This God that he speaks about has been fully revealed in the person of Jesus. And so we go to the Gospels and we read about Jesus' perfect life. In Jesus' earthly life, he introduced and announced the coming of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. We saw it in the Bible Project video this morning, and it's a big concept. But basically boiled down, the kingdom is wherever God reigns and rules. And when we see that, what we see is his kingdom in action. Now, in the Bible, we have these amazing promises from God that Jesus will one day return for his people. And when he returns, he will establish his kingdom in all of its perfection, in all of its fullness. But in the meantime, our reality is that we live in a sinful and broken world, a world full of coronavirus, corruption, conflict and pain. But the great news for us as Christian people is that even in all that mess as followers of Christ, we can still find great purpose. You see, when we start a relationship with Jesus by accepting his sacrifice on the cross and receiving him as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we aren't just saved to one day go to heaven, but we're actually saved to represent his kingdom on earth here and now. Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we look at our world Uh, It's true to say that many people try and find purpose in all the things they do, their hobbies, through their sporting ability or their career, maybe in their family, in their success, in their reputation, sometimes with their money in the bank or their retirement or traveling around the world. And these are all good gifts that God has graciously given to us to enjoy. But if we try and find purpose for life in those pursuits, they'll never scratch the itch we have. Because true purpose is found in representing God's kingdom through our lives. Jesus' life shows us what that life looks like. You see, the kingdom of God, it's not about selfishness. It's all about sacrificial service. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me daily. The kingdom of God is not about anger and outrage that our world seems so immersed in right now. It's about grace and truth going hand in hand. It's not about division and tribalism. It's about unity and love. It's not about anxiety and fear. It's about peace and trust. It's not about greed and corruption. It's about fairness, generosity and justice for all. It's not about building walls between us and others. It's about allowing Jesus to tear those walls down so that we can invite people in to a relationship with him. It's not about religion. It's been replaced with relationship with God. This kingdom is underpinned by love for God and love for others. As we live kingdom lives every day, our lives, both our words and our actions, should stand out so obviously and so radically counterculturally that God's character is revealed through us to the world around us. You see, you and I have this incredible purpose to represent the King of Kings. And for me, this is what makes Christianity so exciting. And it actually, it changes everything. It redeems every moment of our lives and gives us an immense sense of purpose. Because every person you encounter, Every word you speak, every conversation you have, 
in your workplace, in your friendship circle, in your home, at your sporting club, with the person at the register, on social media, every single moment of our lives has purpose because it's an opportunity to join God in what he's doing in this world. You and I live as representatives of the kingdom of God. And in those moments, heaven and earth intersect. And not only is the kingdom of God revealed, but in that intersection, we find purpose because we step into what we were created for. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is the common purpose that every single one of us have been given as new creations in him. And it's the greatest purpose we could ever have that we are co-workers with Christ in his big mission to redeem this planet and to reveal his kingdom to those who don't yet know him. And so the question is, how are you and I living this mission out? Well, I really think that's something worth praying through this week. The start of a new year as we think through all the things we could do this year, all the goals and the aims and the plans that we may have. I think perhaps the most important question we could ask at the start of this year is how do I step into my God-given purpose to represent Jesus in this world? I just want to challenge you this week to set aside time to pray, to, to plan, to dream about ways you can live this out in the spheres of influence God has placed you in. You may want to write down some some goals or some practical ways to do that in 2021. Maybe this year you want to be more generous. Maybe this year you want to use your words to refresh others. Maybe you're praying for opportunities to share your faith with a friend you've been journeying with. Maybe this year you're going to be proactive and deliberate in your relationships with people you see regularly. Maybe it's that person at the local cafe who serves you your coffee. Or maybe it's getting to know your next door neighbour. Maybe this year, as you live our kingdom life out, it might be about forgiving those who've hurt you and becoming an agent of reconciliation, living out the power of the gospel. You see, to discover our common purpose, we must start by going to Jesus. But you might think, okay, that's that's great. I understand what our big goal together is. But what about our own unique purpose? Because as Christians, it's true, we're not all cookie cutters. It's not like we're just all stamped out and we're all exactly the same. You know, not one of us on the planet has an identical fingerprint. And not one of us has the exact same purpose with the same gift of, you know, mix of gifts and skills. And so within God's big purpose for creation, he's uniquely placed purpose in each individual to be drawn out for his glory. And so how do we discover what our contribution looks like in the context of God's kingdom? Well, let me finish today with two practical ways that may help you to discover purpose this year. I said a moment ago that we start by going to Jesus, but another way we can help discover our purpose is to go to others. As Christians in the West, we tend to over-individualize faith. You know, it's, it's just about me and Jesus. But that's never the goal of our faith. As Christians, we're not saved to fly solo or save the world like Superman or Wonder Woman. We're actually saved into a family. Ephesians chapter 2 says, In Christ we are members of his household, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, and in him the whole building is joined together, and we're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives 
by his spirit. And so the Spirit of God dwells in us as individuals, but he also dwells in our midst corporately as the family of God. Now, when I think about our family and our physical home, we all have unique contributions to make to ensure that our family works. We all serve in various ways. Someone will do the dishes. Uh, someone else will do the vacuuming, walk the dog, mop the floor. Someone will make the dinner and another person will mow the lawns. Someone will do the washing. Within our household, we all play our part. And when we do, the family functions well. And it's really the same in church, isn't it? If you're not serving in some way at follow and this is your church, then 2021 is the time to start. Because church is not a hotel where we come and consume a whole bunch of goods and services. Church is a family where we all come and contribute with our gifts and passions. Now, when I look at our children at our house, they are all unique, precious and different. They've got different talents, passions, and abilities. And as parents, our role is to help them discover those and then encourage them to step out and to explore and to use the gifts that God has given them. And it's really exactly the same in the family of God. As we read through Scripture, we see that we are called to spur one another on to faith and good deeds. We're called to build each other up. These are really important parts of being in a family. What I've noticed over the years is that often we see the gifts in others before they actually recognize them in themselves. In 2 Timothy, we read this wonderful letter written by the experienced Apostle Paul to a young emerging leader called Timothy. And I love the way he recognizes and encourages the gifts in Timothy's life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, these wonderful women of God. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. In other words, Timothy, there's God-given potential in you. And so he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Another way to say that, Timothy, I, I encourage you to draw out the purpose in your heart, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Dave Ferguson in the book Hero Maker talks about the I-C-N-U principle. It basically stands for I-C-N-U. And the idea is that all of us have a responsibility to see in one another the gifts that God has given each of us. And as we see those gifts and acknowledge those gifts in other people, our role in this family is to then encourage those we journey with to step into the purpose God has for them as part of the family of God. One of the keys to discovering your God-given purpose is to immerse yourself in Christian community where we help one another as a family or a body to live lives of purpose that will join God in his redemptive mission. Purpose is often discovered within community. And so if you have no idea how God has gifted you, it may be a good thing to do to ask some people you trust what they see in you. It might be your parents, your, your friends, your husband or your wife. And you may find that it's a really encouraging exercise. But it may also help you draw out the purpose God has placed in your heart. So if you want to find purpose, go to Jesus and go to others. And finally, second practical tip is to go to your gifts. 
I heard someone say once that what you love and what you're good at, when you put those things together, it often reveals or is an indicator of the unique purpose God has placed in you. But if you're still unsure, there are a couple of tests that may be helpful to guide you in your gift discovery. I've found both of these personally very helpful. The first one is the APES test. Now, APES is A-P-E-S-T, and it stands for Apostles, Prophets, Evangelists, Shepherds, and Teachers. Of course, it's based on Ephesians chapter 4. And when we look at Jesus' earthly life, he actually embodied each of these gifts perfectly in his earthly life. He was the ultimate apostle. He was a wonderful prophet. He was a brilliant evangelist. He was the good shepherd. And he was the most extraordinary teacher. But in Ephesians chapter 4, it tells us of his ascension to heaven. And as his physical body departed this earth, he then showered these gifts down onto his spiritual body, the church, to be used so that his people would be equipped for works of service until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of Jesus and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. These gifts are absolutely crucial if we are to be the church Christ has died for us to become. And so some of us have been given apostolic or entrepreneurial gifts to be used to step into new territory and to advance the kingdom of God, both in the church and in the world where God has placed us. Others have that God-given ability to care and shepherd people. That might be in pastoral care ministry, or it might be as a nurse or a doctor or, you know, someone who encourages others. Some have that prophetic passion for prayer and holiness and justice. Others are uniquely gifted to share the good news as evangelists. They just have this real passion to share this life-changing news of Jesus. And some, of course, are equipped to teach within the body. If you're curious about which one you're most gifted in, you can do a free online survey at the link that you'll now see on the screen. It'll take a few minutes, but it may be something that helps you understand the way God's wired you. The other one I've found really helpful is the Enneagram test. It's more of a personality test, but it helps us better understand ourselves and how we interact with people. And that can also give us some hints on how we're wired and how we can live out the purpose of our lives. If you're interested in taking that test, you can also see the link for that one on the screen. And I'd really encourage you to take the time to do both of those tests if you're struggling to understand what your purpose is. Because if you could achieve one thing this year, what greater thing to achieve than to discover your God-given purpose in life? If you could confidently answer the question, what is my purpose? It could be literally life-changing and it could help each of us to live a life that honours God and is expressed in the fullness of everything he has given to us. And so this morning, start of a new year, to discover your purpose, remember these things. Go to Jesus, go to others, and go to your gifts. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you came and you lived this incredible life here on earth and you showed us what it looks like to live a life life of purpose. 
Lord, we can look to your example and be inspired and encouraged. But we also thank you that as you've ascended back to heaven, you've showered gifts on us to be used for your glory. You've invited us to be part of this incredible kingdom, to be part of a life where heaven and earth uh, overlap, where we can step into the purpose you've given us. Lord, I pray for each person watching this message today. Pray for those that have already discovered what their purpose is. I pray, Lord, this year they would live it out with even more effectiveness and passion than ever before, that we'd be able to put aside the distractions and the things that hold us back and the selfish pursuits, and that we would seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, and that we would live out lives of incredible purpose. I want to pray particularly today for those that have no idea what their purpose is. Lord, as they pray and seek you, I pray that you would help them to draw out the purpose in their hearts, that they would discover things about themselves, whether it's from you and what they learn about you, whether it's from others speaking into their lives or whether it's discovering what their gifts are. Lord, I pray that this year would be a year where they would live life a life of great purpose for your glory. And as a family of God, as we all step into the purpose you've given us, both together and uniquely, Lord, I pray that we would be more and more effective, that we'd see people come to know you, that we would see this world transformed for your glory. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, for all you've done for us. And Lord, we don't want to get to the end of our life with regret. We want to get to the end of our life and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. In order to do that, we need to discover and draw out our purpose. And so, Lord, help us, guide us, lead us, equip us to be everything you've created us to be. We pray this in the powerful and the life-changing name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you live in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service. All the information can be found on our website, follow.church. You can also follow us on social media at Follow Baptist Church.